Welcome to My Heart, His Words, a Mad Lab Studios production. This is a podcast that pushes pause on life just long enough to focus on a moment and capture the beauty in it. Thank you for joining us for Episode 9. In Genesis 12, God calls Abram, and off Abram goes. His wife and nephew go too. There's not a lot of details added to this story, and in these moments, I find myself asking all kinds of questions. Did Sarah want to go? Did Lot have a choice? Lot's father had died, but where was his mom? God must feel a lot like Tim feels when he watches a movie with me. I can almost hear God saying, shh, just keep reading. I have to believe the answers aren't here because they wouldn't change the purpose of this part of history. And the purpose is simple. God speaks and those who love him listen. When Abram and his family arrive at the place God will eventually make theirs, Abram builds an altar. Wasn't this a common occurrence at this time in history? Weren't even false gods shown reverence in this way? Maybe the building of the altar isn't as important as the one he chose to build the altar for. Abram knows who brought him to this place. He had heard his voice, and Abram's altar is built for him and him alone, the God who speaks. That's the one he chooses to worship. Am I any different today, though? I still build altars, place my focus on something or someone. But isn't it usually the voice that's loudest that grabs my attention? Maybe that's why God often seems to whisper. He's rarely demanding, wanting me to choose for myself the direction of my ear and be still enough to hear Him. And remember, He's the one who brought me here, to this place, to this day. Abram wants to remember who is leading him and his family too. Along the way, he stops to build other altars, places where he pauses to call on the name of the Lord. What if every time I prayed, I could envision the building of a structure aimed at heaven and the sacrifice would be me, my time, my energy, my thoughts. As the story moves along, Abram finds himself in a famine that pushes him away from the land of the altars. It's no surprise that the further he travels from his physical reminders of God's presence, the further he seems from God's will. He lies. He compromises his marriage, and eventually he gives his nephew a choice, choose right or choose left. Does he talk any of these decisions over with the one who had sent him on this journey? Does he ever pause to build an altar when food seems scarce or when resources begin to overflow in overwhelming amounts? But am I any different today, acting quickly in times of desperation and independently in times of abundance? justifying every decision along the way. Am I any different? This is the question I found myself asking over and over again this morning. So when Lot chose to pitch his tent near Sodom, no wonder I winced. I can easily see what Lot doesn't yet know. His tent is near danger. How many times do I pitch my own tent without considering the cost? Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. 1 Corinthians 15:33 No matter how I feel about the coming destruction of this city, it's going to happen. And unless I want to remove chapters from the Bible or ignore scripture completely, I have to admit that God's patience has a limit. 
and pitching my tent near anything that will push him too far is always risky. So what will I do with my reading this morning? Will I build more altars to the one who brought me here and pitch my tents closer to him too? I hope so. Thousands of years have passed since Abram walked on the earth, but very little has changed. God still speaks. Altars are still built. Tents are still pitched. Life still marches on. And the choices we make are still up to us. Lord, my hope is in you. Help my actions prove my words and show your faithfulness. I'm here in the studio again with Ben, my minister. Great to have you, Ben. Oh, thank you. Glad to be back. Good. I wanted to take just a second because I think things probably seem a little different or sound a little different for you to just explain yeah, kind of what's going that, on. There's a good possibility of that. Uh, number <laughs> one, a little bit of a correction. We are not in the studio. True. We are at a different location. That's one true. of the things that Tammy and I did uh, when we first started this podcast, and you know, which is just good all the way around, mm-hmm. I think good policy all the way around, is my studio is located in one of the spare bedrooms in my home. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we said that we would make sure that happened was that either your husband yes. or my wife or someone else was there yes. present mm-hmm. in the house while we were recording. That was not a possibility for tonight. Right. So we are now in my office at the church. Mm-hmm. So there may be a little bit of a hum mm-hmm. in the background because same soundboard, but it's about to drive me nuts <laughs> as it's coming through the headphones. And it's also a Wednesday night yes. that we're recording this. The so there's all kinds of activity going on. Uh, we do not um, ask for forgiveness for that. We're <laughs> glad of that. But one of the things that we did want to tell you up front is that you may hear some things that are different in the background. Mm-hmm. You may hear people talking, maybe hear kids running down the hall. A car go by. A car go by. Um, you know, a dog barking. Yes, anything. Well, anything, anything can happen. Any, anything. Um, but the hum is really <laughs> driving me crazy. Just one. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. I'm done. All right. So, Ben, I just uh, read a post that I did, I think, actually this winter. Um, okay. I'm blogging through the Bible this year, and I've blogged occasionally through the years about scriptures that I've read, but this year I chose to specifically really just hold myself accountable as I'm reading through the Bible. And so this post was actually one that I think was maybe from maybe even January. Um, It's all about building altars and pitching tents. And so I'm going to let you talk a little bit about that. Okay. As we go on. One of the things in this, in my mind, mm-hmm. it it matches. In in my mind, it goes along with what you're saying. Now, whether it comes across in anyone else's mind, I don't know. But I'm going to go with it because this is go what this it. is what I'm feeling. Um, you know, a lot of times we think about altars and we think about pitching tents and and making monuments almost and having these things that are almost like because if you look at an altar, it's almost like a visual reminder mm-hmm. that something needs to be sacrificed right. consistently. One of the things, one of the dangers that we can run across in this type of mindset in doing this are the golden calves. Mm. Uh, you know, the things that become something they shouldn't to us, right. something that may have been so well intended and well meant yep. at the beginning becomes. There we go. And, and on cue a vehicle. Um, <laughs> You know, becomes an idol, yes. and it becomes something that we elevate, whether yes. advertently or inadvertently, mm-hmm. above God. I go back to when the Israelites were finally able to cross the Jordan into the Promised Land, mm-hmm. and I think we see a good indication of what a monument or something that is physical, something that is tangible, mm-hmm. 
really needs to be in our life when we're talking about our relationship with God. He said, once they got across, they set a monument of stone. And those stones will remind us of God's deliverance Mm -hmm. from the wilderness Mm -hmm. into the promised land. And they said, this will serve as a reminder for generations Mm -hmm. to follow after us of God's faithfulness. Yes. So I think as I heard you talking about, you know, the altars, the sacrifice, pitching the tents mm-hmm. tents and and just being there mm-hmm. where God's presence mm-hmm. is. I was this was brought to mind too that we need to number one, we need to make sure that we are marking monuments yes. along the way of our life, yes. of our journey, and saying, I remember when mm-hmm. God delivered me from mm-hmm. that or whenever God really showed up. And this is one of the things I use as a reminder yeah. of that. And then it's important, you know, I have a daughter that's getting ready to turn 20 years old, and this is one of those things that I feel like there has to be markers in my life Mm -hmm. to where I'm not only looking back and going, man, wasn't God awesome at that point? Look what he did. But I can take my daughter and I can go, here's what your old man was facing, or Mm -hmm. here's what mom and dad were facing then, or here's what your grandmother, you know, here is what God has done. And you know what he was faithful then? He's Mm -hmm. faithful today. He's going to be faithful not only now, but he's going to be faithful in your future too. And let that serve as a reminder to you. But there is a flip side of that. We are human. We can get comfortable. We do like to... You know, manage our own manifest Mm -hmm. destinies. And we can look back and we can so long, even though Mm -hmm. times... The good old days. Yeah, the good old days. And, you know, here's... And and I'm finding myself, you know, I'm in that transitional middle-aged period of my life here where I am... I'm a little ahead of you, actually. Yeah, yeah, just you got a head start on me. I, I think you jumped the gun, but, you know, I um, I can see things now in my past that I look back and go, man, we, that's, you know, and then I kind of have to check myself because this the thing that I have to remember is that, you know, God never changes, mm-hmm. but our understanding of God does change. Yes. And God, there are epic seasons or epoch seasons where God changes the way that he deals with his people. Mm -hmm. The danger in that is I've always found that the people who are the most resistant to the new move of God are the people who found their greatest significance in the old move of God. That's good. So that's one of the things we have to be careful of Mm -hmm. is not finding our significance in what God has done but we're finding our significance in what God is doing. And it kind of goes with the whole pitching the tent, which in a way, I'm just thinking, at least a tent is portable. Yeah, <laughs> you exactly. Know what I mean? You, you can know, move you, it. Yeah. Exactly. You can pitch a tent and then you might But we tend that. to landscape around Exactly. Them. We plant trees mm-hmm. and we get our shrubbery and we get comfortable. Right. So I was just thinking when you were saying that, that as, you know, I'm kind of, like I said, you said, you're middle life, middle age, I'm a little bit ahead of you. Mm-hmm. And it... It is sometimes easy to think the great things have already happened. Mm-hmm. We've already done this. We've already done this. We've already, you know, I see young parents and they're, sometimes I think, oh, I wish I would have done it that way or I wish I would have done this. And, I, and it's easy to catch yourself like looking back. Last night, I um, got the privilege of speaking at a women's thing not too far outside of town. Um, and the woman who led... The singing was in her 80s. And it was, it really, it just brought tears to my eyes watching her because she was fully engaged, fully alive. And I thought, I, I want to be 
That's what I want to be. I want to be still ready to do what God wants me to do in the next 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. So I might pitch my tent. I need to be careful. I don't want to ever pitch it near danger, but I don't want to plant trees around it. I want to be ready to move where God says to move next. And um, I want to just remember that he's the one that speaks and I'm the one that listens. And that's where the altar comes in. If we're pitching our tents next to altar, we have our, our altars, we have to make sure that we're the ones mm. that are being sacrificed on the altar. Dying not, to ourselves not daily. Not everyone around us yes. or everything around us. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's a it's a daily dying to ourselves. And it's 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 a daily what does God, you know, what what new thing does he want to do? Not what new thing am I gonna exactly. do? Exactly. Um, I'm just a tool. Yeah. You know, that well, he's and, using. and even if it's even if it's not a new thing. It doesn't matter if it's new, mm. old, in between. Um, one of the things that I always like to encourage young ministers and people in the ministry is that it doesn't matter if it's a new thing. What matters is if it's a now thing. Oh, that's good. Because we're always we want to be cutting edge, right? You know, we got to right. we got to redefine things and we yes. got to reinvent the wheel. No, forget that, yeah. man. Seek after the heart of God. Yes. What is God saying now? now? And it could be something He said thousands of years yes. ago. But if it's proceeding from the mouth of God now, yes, you better do it. Yes. And that's just making me think of a book that I read recently by Emily P. Freeman. It's called The Next Right Thing. But in it, she quotes another author, and I can't remember that author's name, but she's talking about um, just our, our growth in God, our growth with God. And, and we tend to think it's something that's huge and long-term, but really it's what are we going to do for the next 10 minutes? You, you said the now thing. So what what's the next 10 minutes going to look like? What is God doing? What um, work am I a part of in the next 10 minutes? Mm-hmm. If I can get that right, and then the next 10, and then the next 10, I'm in the now. Yeah. yeah. I'm not in the well, past. Well, what if your next 10 years is dependent upon you being faithful and obedient in the next 10 minutes? Exactly. You know, yes. what, what if you're setting up your future in God? By being obedient in your now. Yes. And that's what Abraham did. Yep. He took that step and then the next step and the next. Yeah. There it was. Awesome. Thank Good you. stuff. Love it. So Tammy, let's pray before okay. we close out the episode. Father, we are just uh, so thankful, so grateful for you. Uh, everything that you've done for us, God, we, uh, we don't have enough time in the day to articulate everything that you have done for us. But God, as always in your word, as it challenges us, we know we don't just look back at what you've done, mm-hmm. but God, we look at what you're doing too, mm-hmm. and we praise you for what you're doing. And as your word continues to challenge us not to just look at what you've done and not just look at what you're doing, but God, we praise you for what you're going to do in our future. Mm-hmm. Whether it be good, bad, indifferent by our standards, we know that no matter what comes, that you work it towards good and that it works for us in the transforming of our lives and us becoming more like your son, Jesus. Mm. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us of My Heart, His Words podcast, a podcast that pushes pause on life just long enough to focus on a moment and capture the beauty in it. If you like what we do here at My Heart, His Words, like us, rate us, review us, look us up, stalk us on Facebook. You can find us... You can find us anywhere. Anywhere. We are everywhere. You (laughs) cannot escape us. But on social media, Instagram, Facebook, just search for My Heart, His Mm -hmm. Words. On Twitter, it's a little bit different. The handle at Twitter is at My Heart, His Word, one. The number one. The number one. Mm -hmm. At My Heart, His Word, 
one on Twitter. You can also contact us via email myhearthiswordspodcast at gmail.com. Guys, we look forward to the next time.